This is Reclaiming Yourself, brought to you with PhytologyHub.com. How we overcome fears, find our inner strength, and trust ourselves. Now here's your host, Suzanne Keatley. Why don't you introduce yourself? I feel like I'm in school. Uh, I'm (laughs) Debbie Phillips. I'm 38 years old. I grew up in the Scottish Highlands, so London is literally the last place I thought I would end up when I was growing up. Um, yeah. Did you? You didn't have the desire to come down. Where did you think you'd end up? No, because, I mean, I literally, I grew up in a place where there was one bus a week. Yeah, like middle of, of nowhere. And so the biggest place I'd ever been to, so Inverness was about an hour away and that was city. I realised that now is not a city. Um, and I went to uni in Stirling, which again felt huge and is a town. Yeah. And then I moved to Edinburgh. And when I used to come down to London for work occasionally, I just thought this was a hellhole and why would anyone choose to live here? And yet here I am, London resident for eight years. Loving it. Yeah, occasionally. Sometimes I've just been spending a lot of time in Scotland recently and just hearing about house prices makes me not love London quite so much. But, you know, that's fine. When I move back to Scotland, I'll... Have you got a desire to go back? Not right now. I think I would go back at some point in the future, for sure. I think there's a nice quality of life yeah. up there but right now London is where it's at for me Why is it where it's at? Well my boyfriend and I bought a house a couple of years ago and we've been renovating it I think my work my opportunities for work are a lot more here my boyfriend is an artist and actually London's art scene is far better than anywhere else in the UK it's still not great because mm. you know the government doesn't invest in sort of creativity in the way that it used to so for both of us our careers are based in London but we both have increasing family commitments back home yeah. as it was so I would definitely find I'm going up and down a lot more my work is based between Edinburgh and London though so okay. it's quite good I can go up and see family when I'm working as well now you have to forgive my ignorance here but uh, Huddersfield is Yorkshire I know York yeah so yeah you, yeah. so York it's about an hour away from, from York ah, okay, okay. Yeah. if you've never been I wouldn't go. <laughs> Why? That's terrible. Which direction are you away? Are we north of York? Are we over to the side? I think we're west. West. Okay, cool. I think. It's nearer Leeds than York. So Somewhere between Leeds and York. Okay. Yeah. I know where you are. I've driven through it. I yeah. Think. Okay, great. Yeah. Like, Probably a few times. But just now. Done. <laughs> Don't need to go back. Let Tell me about, uh, before we get into like the fitness stuff, mm-hmm. tell me about career stuff. So you, what do you do now? As I work for NetWest and I am head of consumer media. So I look for ways to talk to people who really don't give a shit about banking. So I... That must be hard. How do you find those people? Yeah, it is really hard. So I've worked in TV and then press office as I've I've come up here. Yes, my audience are not people who like watch Newsnight or listen to the Today programme or read the Telegraph. Um, My demographic, I always think, is like my mum or my sister. And I know that if one of them says, oh, I saw something, I'm like, yes, job done. (laughs) So I might work a lot with influencers or work with sort of more non-traditional publications to try and get the bank's like story across to do a lot with regional PR as well and then because my background's TV I do all of our sort of broadcast activity as well so our old CEO if she was being interviewed it would be me behind the camera being mm. giving a thumbs up <laughs> or you know making a sort of face at her as, as well so um, I've worked at NatWest for almost 11 years now working my way up to where I am which Yay, is quite exciting congratulations that's Thanks. insane yeah it's good it's great I get to work with loads of different brands I'm really lucky that I have a job that lets me be both yeah. creative and strategic and also NatWest has really invested in me as a sort of coach and mentor so I do a lot in that space they paid for my coaching qualifications so yeah they've really valued and and sort of developed me as we've gone along I'm very lucky So what do you coach is it like outside of 
the industry or is it like um, it's younger of, people coming in through the ranks? Or? So it's a bit of both. So now I did an experiment to see what would happen if some of their leaders were coaches. And so they paid for a small number of us to go through a full coaching qualification. And the idea is that you become a better asset to your team. I find that as well as coaching like my team, I'll do a lot more like executive coaching. I'll do more coaching of peers. And then I have done some external, but I'm really invested in doing more to help women in particular sort of come up through banking. It's still quite male dominated. So there's lots of extracurricular things that I do that try and create more sort of female friendly spaces. And then I'm able to use these kind of coaching skills to, to help there. So I do mentoring and coaching. I'm quite fussy about who I take on because I could easily spend my whole time doing it. But I have like quite a busy day job. Mm. So yeah, it's a real it's a real mix of inside indus- of like banking as an industry, of comms and like marketing and media as an industry. I'm able to kind of like sort of straddle both, I guess. Yeah, it sounds like you're, it's like a job that is allowing you to take lots of boxes and keep your interests and yeah, but they wouldn't keep me otherwise. Like I, I think they they know that that I I want to sort of expand and grow. I am thinking like what's next for me, which is quite an exciting time mm. to be. I feel like I've probably reached where I'm going to go there, and I've been really open with my like leader about this, and so I was thinking like what's next. I don't want what to become exco, so there's not really another route yeah. for me. So it's it's an exciting time, I think. Well, I'm um, very grateful for it because when I came in, none of the equipment, or when you came in, <laughs> none of the equipment was set up and you made me feel very uh, calm, let's say, around uh, having to ring the it's editor fine. and go, and I set the microphone Just up. imagine having this set up <laughs> when you're about to do a live radio interview and none of your equipment's working and that's that's why I've, so I've used been to there, this. done that. Yeah, I always, have, I always have two different things running, so I've got an emergency backup. Love it. Yeah, always be prepared. Yeah, always be prepared. Let's talk about you as like a person and how you ended up kind of coming along to Photology Hub. Mm-hmm. So you just looked at the numbers and <laughs> you've had 21, I've told you this already. That's you've crazy 21 hours of strength training. Um, plus you've done our like New Year's... How to describe it. So every year, this is going to sound so <laughs> weird. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions, but I do have a word of the year yeah, and I try okay. and pick a word and I live my life according to that. So last year's was balance and I really wanted to have more balance between like work and home I want to have more balance in my like home life which has meant my boyfriend stepping up and doing more like duties around the house yeah. I really wanted to have like just better time and space and not feel like I was just falling from work to like getting home doing what I need to do going to sleep repeat and so I made the big decision to ask for a three-month career break last year so that was May last year I spoke to my like team leaders about it and so the 31st of July was my last day at work and 1st of August was my first day of that, of that three months off. And that's huge because I'm not paid for it. So I needed mm. to make sure I was doing good stuff with my time. So I've actually brought along. I made, um, <laughs> so lame, I did an accountability diary. At the start of the time, I wrote down everything I wanted to do with my three months Oh my goodness off. me. So that I had, and it's all stuff I'm excited about doing, but it was so that I would like keep on track. And so one of my things was do regular a- exercise that makes me feel strong. And Go on, give us a few more there. Get better I'll... at pottery. So oh. that's been my, a hobby I discovered last year. And like I did. Where do, like, where do you do that? Uh, the kiln rooms in oh, Peckham. Oh yeah, I'm dying to like, do this. Oh my God, I love it. I've got things like get my finances sorted, which doesn't sound exciting, but really is. Do bread ahead classes. So I've been learning how to make my own bread and things like that. So there's loads that of things. fantastic. So it was a really good... He's got amazing handwriting. Someone told me I have the handwriting of a psychopath because it's 
quite no, it's small. amazing. I love it. So every day I wrote what I did and what I'd learned and what my plan was for the next day. And so like doing exercise and feeling strong I did a lot of looking around to find the right fit for me it took me ages to work out what that was because I was like is it going to be like some sort of like martial arts kind of is it boxing what maybe will it be? Yeah. yeah and I was like was it swimming I hate swimming why would I pick a sport that I absolutely hate and yeah through Google photology came up and I was Thank like you, Google. oh I was like I think this might be the thing well, what's really important to me is feeling comfortable in a space and I like the fact that it was women only like I'm not a gym person I'm not an mm. exercise person so that it was small female focused uh, there's always something that stuck with me that you didn't have mirrors like I don't know why that's such a big thing but like yeah. I don't need to see myself working out yeah that it's not like a selfie kind of place and yeah I came along for my consultation and, I, and as soon as I walked in I was like this is it I watched a little bit of a class and I just had that feeling that I would flourish here and yeah so it's so yeah that was so at the end of my like three months I'd obviously Can you pinpoint what that was what was it about like stepping into an environment what was different about it what was so who did you meet uh, so Charlie Joe. Charlie yeah so I met okay. Charlie so that was great because she also does pottery so we had a good like pottery <laughs> chat she had great glasses on as well I was like I like her a lot and you've got uh, great glasses on as well I made these glasses you did not part of my career break yeah did a workshop <laughs> in glasses making honestly oh I'm insane um, love it I find weights really intimidating mm. I've I've never been a member of a gym but I have gone to like a gym with someone once and it was that whole thing about you having to like make it much lighter for you because you're coming on to do it. The fact that someone's waiting to get on the machine and so you're like, oh, I can't take up space. And, you know, there's a lot of weird noises in the gym. There's a lot of like flexing and stuff like that. It felt like such an intimidating space and I I have never enjoyed Mm. exercise. When I think back to PE at school, like I hate it. I would just try not turn up on the first day so I wouldn't be registered. Like, you know, anything to get out of it. Did you have any sport as a kid that you enjoyed? Horse riding, did horse riding is the only yeah. thing that's sort of been my constant. Yeah. I did kickboxing for a while, but again, I wouldn't do anything that involved people looking at me. So I'd be part of the class, but wouldn't ever compete because I didn't like to be okay. like front and center in that. Um, so not and like at uni, like what what was exercise like that? Just I did absolutely nothing. So mm. it's taken me ages to find something that I feel genuinely excited about, and I feel excited about this every single week. Mm. I look forward Isn't that to amazing? it. Amazing, yeah. It's such a mindset shift for me. Yeah, because it is mindset, isn't it? Like, whatever happened as a kid, like, you're probably good at sport. Like, there would have been things you were good at, but just that, like, total lack of confidence around that and yeah. maybe just the wrong, it's the wrong setting. It wasn't done in the right way or yeah, the exposure only, was... the only gym classes I liked growing up, I think this is very relevant to any Scottish people listening, is we are taught to Kaylee. Oh, from great. like November, December, that was your PE class was being taught to Kaylee. So I can Kaylee call because of <laughs> having so many years of Kaylee dancing underneath me. And I remember that and love that. That's like pure cardio. Yeah. Like it's insane. Um, so I love that. So it's it's finding the right things. So even now I, I quite, I've done a mm. few like of those like dance classes. I yeah. like something that I'm having fun while I'm doing it and distracts me. Yeah. And as much as it's hard here, it's fun. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like horrific which is that's so brilliant so you've got horse riding Kaylee dancing and <laughs> weight training and now powerlifting by the way because you've signed up oh, to I our have. powerlifting I'm excited about that workshop yeah my ne- my nephew 
who is 16 and super into weightlifting yeah. I've suddenly become quite a cool aunt and he asks me for my numbers quite often and now <laughs> like I, it doesn't matter about the numbers yeah but he actively comes and sits next to me at meals it's all relative so that he can come and like have a bit of chat That's so, so cool. he's visiting uh, for a half term he's coming to stay with me and he's like could I come to your gym and I was like sorry babe it's female only but he's like he's, he's dead keen so I was told him about what's the thing was it a yoke what's the thing that I stood oh, in oh the yoke yeah. yeah I told him about that and he was like what even is this oh I was do like, you know what you can bring him down bring him down on, at a quiet time in the middle of the day and he can have a try and he can have a little try oh he's so he'd he's, love that he's obsessed with it I've never seen someone more consumed with how much protein they can get into them in like yeah, one day boys I think they get that feedback don't they the, the testosterone and then the, their bodies change and it's just it's really interesting feedback, whereas yeah, it's yeah. A, there's, a, there's like gender lines being drawn everywhere isn't there on you know a PE it wasn't the boys that weren't re- that were sort of reluctant to participate mm. it was the girls and yeah all the sort of yeah. labels that we put on and, and how it's supposed to be yeah. it's really sad but we're getting there it's yeah. getting better it much is. better than it used to be so tell me then uh, about horse riding oh, yeah so this was th- and this is quite I think relevant here because I mean, I don't know your, the full story and I'm going to get to know that now, which I'm really excited about. But this was the thing. You're, you said it yourself. That was the one thing. Yes. That was your constant. Yeah. So I've and always, then it was gone. Yeah. Okay. Tell so us I've about that. I've always loved horse riding. And Did you grow up in a family? Tell me about your like kids and... Oh, and no. Like, no, there's... So growing up, I so my mum and dad and my little sister, and no one knows where I loved horses it's not a okay. thing my mum says that she can do basic things on a horse because she's had to accompany me on so many treks when I was younger uh-huh. um, we like no point in saying it, we didn't have like money growing up so I would cycle out to the local stables wearing my hard hat as my cycle helmet what age did you start do you remember um oh there's pictures of me and I'm like, like tiny so I think five or six or something so I'd cycle out and I would work <laughs> in order to be able to go out like on a on a horse or a pony I just absolutely loved it and I did that all the way through primary school and through quite a lot of secondary school I got a job when I was 13 so it became a lot harder to kind of Mm, balance doing all of that and then when I was at university I couldn't afford to to do that I come from quite a low-income family so there was no financial support so I left school I didn't finish my final year at school I left early to go and work so that I could afford to go to to uni so I'm like super proud of of that but it obviously mean a lot of sacrifices there's things you can't do when you're funding yourself the whole way through what I did do was um I got my bursary through my third year quite late on in the academic year and so I had a choice where I was like, oh, I could pay off a bit of my student loan or I could go on a really nice horse riding holiday. And that started much more of a routine for me. So I don't ride regularly, but I would save up my money and I would go once a year and do something nice. So I've ridden in France, in Portugal, in America before I stopped flying. I've done like Wales. So I've, I, I quite like to go and do that because I feel like it's a great way to... What is that? Is that like a week yeah. on a farm or what's the uh, setup? It's like a retreat. I mean, some of them have been fancier than others. I've done ones where you're like camping. So you're riding point to point. Oh my God. And I then you camp this. overnight with your horse like nearby. You just <gasps> go and get them in the morning. It's been amazing. <sighs> ones where I've specialised in like Western riding. So you're living much more on a ranch and doing that. Ones where you're sort of riding for the morning and then afternoon you like eat siesta swim that kind of thing oh my god that sounds it's amazing glorious how many people are on those kind of trips are you talking it's usually like probably i'd say the biggest ones i've been on have been about eight people but it's usually much smaller groups and it's usually quite international the grouping so it's been quite 
good for like meeting people. So I would go as a solo traveller and feel quite comfortable that there's one thing we all have in common, which is horses. And there is that delicious feeling of being really physical during the day, eating well and then having the best sleep ever. I don't drink alcohol, but I've been on many of them where, again, you'd have a glass of red wine halfway through the day and then get back on your horse, which Mm -hmm. I think probably makes everyone a better rider. (laughs) But yeah, I absolutely love it. And so it was a few years ago. Now I was going through what we'll call a shit time. So Uh my mum had breast cancer and I was sort of travelling between Edinburgh and London trying to be, you know, dutiful, like, eldest child and driving her to her appointments and, and things like that. So really, like, trying to be there for her. I'd not long been promoted at work and I was a really shit manager because I was managing people who were older than me, more experienced. I was so insecure, so just being, like, a real micromanager, was like, shit. My boyfriend had dumped me, I think, like, the day before Valentine's Day, so in the midst of all of this, my landlord was like, hi, yeah, moving back, so just need to move out of your house in London. Right, can I, when when are we? Where are we? How many years ago? Oh, we're 2018. Oh, not so, long. Okay. Like, still a, a long time ago. But still not like, long ago. But still feels like, at times it can feel really... I'm guessing everything that's happened. Yeah, yeah, fresh. And I saw a therapist. So my work had, um, we have really good, like, mental health care and so you get access to therapy if you need it. Yeah. And I remember sitting with her and she was like, you're doing an awful lot in service of other people. I think I've heard you talk about that before as well. And mm. it's trying to be lots of things to lots of people. And she's like, what would it be just to focus on you and do something that's just for you? And I was like, I'd go horse riding. <laughs> when can I go? Every day. Yeah. Um, and so I booked to go in the south of France. It's a place I've been to a couple of times before. So I know them. I know Michel. He's amazing. He's a great horse person. I know his horses. It's fast beach riding. Oh. Like... Totally my bag. And that holiday was amazing for 10 minutes. Oh, shit. And then my horse got spooked by another horse going past him. He was really young and he slid on concrete and I came off and under him. And yeah, it was, I wish I had blacked out, but I didn't. So I remember everything, that sort of feeling of, it's probably what it feels like to be in a washing machine, that sort of tumble sort of feeling. And that moment of landing and knowing that something was really wrong. This is, yeah. And for a moment, my vision went and it came back. And then I I remember moving my legs immediately because I thought I'd maybe been paralysed. My arm, my right arm was sort of flapping around beside me. So I was like, well, that's still there. Um, I couldn't really breathe. Like, yeah. And everyone was like, oh, you're just winded. And I was like, (laughs) I'm not winded. Like, it needs needs help. It took a while to get an ambulance. And weirdly, in France, the paramedics, they don't really... Treat, they, they can't give you any medication there so I had to be driven to the car park of the local health centre where a doctor came out and injected me with some painkillers and then I went to one hospital in France but my injuries were pretty bad so then I got moved to another hospital were in you the middle in, of the night Where were you at that point in pain? Were you or were you completely in shock? I don't really can I feel anything? Or? Yeah it's that kind of thing like yeah. I knew it was so I remember going for so it's that thing where they cut all your clothes off you so I remember going in for the x-ray and yeah. I don't really understand anything that anyone is saying to me and I was left alone in a room and I remember making that sort of like <laughs> noise. Oh, and that's all I remember was that noise. And that felt like an eternity that I was just sort of lying there waiting to find out what was going on. And I think that's that was the first hospital. And that's they were sort of explaining that things were bad. They kept saying the old doctor is going to go with you. And I was like, what? why am I getting an old doctor? I want a good doctor. I realised they meant senior. Oh. So he had to travel in the ambulance with me. I, I didn't, I had honestly at this point, no idea how serious things were. I now know, so I'd broken nine bones, so I'd shattered kind of the right-hand quadrant, sort of top right-hand bit of my body. So my 
was it clavicle and scapula so like collarbone shoulder blade snapped um and my ribs but I'd also had big lacerations to my lungs liver and abdomen and it was the liver that they were worried about I thought liver I I kept getting spine here I kept getting confused with kidney and I was like but I think I've got it's fine like yeah honestly I remember saying that and they were like she's obviously mental so I was in hospital in France for for two weeks so I was in intensive care for I think 10 of those days and they, honestly they didn't give a shit about the broken bones that's like the no, least of their that, concerns that, yeah. so, it was, so the Internal liver treatment organs. is you have to lie flat right for the whole time so for all that time I lay flat on an ho- in a hospital in France not really speaking much French the nurses were amazing they had um, uh, like compression things on my legs to move my legs for me so that I wouldn't get like clots but that's a very surreal feeling when your legs are moving sort of and you've got no control Mm. over that and the thing I found really difficult was having absolutely no autonomy over my body or or knowledge so people would come and do things to me without me knowing what was going on it was after a week I managed to to sit up was the sort of let let me do that and that I have a photo of it and like it's I'm delighted in it it's like the happiest I've ever been (laughs) my hair hadn't been washed I still had like bits of like whatever I'd landed in like stuck in it I look absolutely insane I lost about a stone of weight when I was just there in that time, yeah. and there was points where I was really ill just this is this is a good moment of levity I am um, so I've been in there I don't know how many days like a long time and I was having no problems eating I just didn't want anything and the hospital food was quite weird so they were like oh fruit de la mer and I'm like no I, I, I don't want that is there like what's the like, yeah like Weetabix and I was like god it's so lucky I've not needed to poo because obviously you're lying flat so they just bring a bedpan in underneath me and then I was like I wonder if I should have and obviously this became a big thing because there was a lot of toxins building up in my body so they were like we're going to try and help you and remember all of this isn't quite broken French so I have like very little idea what's going on so the first night they'd given me some sort of laxative to take and that night I spent I think about 40 minutes pooping something the size of a Malteser. I'd set off all the like heart rate alarms and everything okay. because I was trying so hard. In a pan at this point. In a pan because I'm lying bed. down. Yeah. It was oh, just like God. the grimmest of grim. And the next day they were like, we need to try harder. Like we're going to put something up your bum. Yeah. And it's going to help you go. Fair enough. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I was like, what do I do? And they were like, you just hold. And I was like, for how long? I was like, five minutes. And they're like, ha, oh, if you get to a minute, you are a hero. And I was like, all right. So mm. there's two nurses doing this. One who looks like Mrs. Trunchbull from Matilda, like absolute, you know, she's she's not messing around. So she's the one who like picked me up and sort of held me yeah. over her lap. And then the tiny little nurse is like, like a bird, like puts everything up there. And honestly, in that moment, I was like, holy shit, I don't think I can hold <laughs> well, on for 10 seconds. <laughs> um, and they wheeled in, it's like that wheelchair with the like, the gap in the what's oh it? yeah the commode the commode oh. and I was like oh and they like put me down into it and I was like leave leave and try to like get them all out of the room and honestly I pooed for everyone that day like Lovely. the world like fell out of me <laughs> and I remember the big nurse coming in and she just went oh, and I went je suis désolée um, but yeah like it was like when we talk about it like autonomy and Mm. losing that feeling of embarrassment like once you've been through that like literally there's bring it on there's 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 no lower point than that Um, (laughs) so I came back to the UK by like medical evacuation after a couple of weeks I was delivered into the care of my mother because I couldn't I was going to say did anybody make it over couldn't get over so 
No, it's my mum is only just yeah. like recovering from her cancer, She's sick, yeah. and I didn't want to be a burden. Oh, so God. yeah, I went back and I had to stay with her for three months. Home, home. Yeah, yeah. Which is not really a place that I've ever lived at home. So it felt mm. felt quite weird. Even now, I don't ever stay in their guest bedroom because that is where I spent all that time. I sleep up in the attic because that room for me just has really negative yeah. connotations of just being like there yes, so. and not able to, to do anything. And everyone always focuses on like that physical recovery, but actually coming back from something like that, it's so much more about the mental recovery. Mm. I really, I struggled. There were days where I just wanted to die. There's days where I didn't want to eat. There's days where I just couldn't face the world and everyone everyone's like oh how are you and you're like yeah I'm fine yeah, I have like good days and healing. bad days yeah you, you feel like you can't be yeah super honest and, and all of that like what do you how do you say like anything like that to people and what it has left me with I was thinking about this on the way over here today is that feeling of being really delicate and mm. fragile in a way that I've never had before I used to cycle to work every day I don't cycle really anymore mm. I feel like it's like ice skating again don't do it horse riding I've really struggled to get back into I feel like brittle and and that was 18 that was 2018 yeah that happened yeah okay and so I, it's taken me a long time to feel yeah. like strong and to find is a different kind of strength so for the first obviously I did loads of physio yeah and we would work on things I had to learn how to use my entire right hand section of my body again so I, I like let, I for a long time I wrote with my left hand right. I remember like a big marker was being able to like undo my own bra strap with mm-hmm. my right hand because the physio was like it's something you're going to have to be able to to do I couldn't do things like wear shoes with laces at that time did you think I mean you lost everything then really did yeah, I'd you lost all my and yourself yeah was that the kind of the mental part of it? Am I ever going to get me back? Am I actually going to recover? And Yeah, and I would say that, so I tried really hard not to let my accident define me, mm-hmm. but I think there is a life post-accident. And what I have done is try to be much more active in my life. I don't mean like sporty active. I mean, not let life happen to me. I changed the accountability stuff. Exactly Hence. that. Th- so yeah. this year I felt like I was maybe drifting a little bit back into passiveness or last year. So I'm like, I need to ad- address that. But I have done so much with my life since that accident to not just improve my life, but other people's. Like I set up a breakfast club because we've been talking about doing mm. it, but I'm like, no one's going to do it. So if not me, then who? I'll go and do that. And I've really tried hard to have a positive impact. Yeah. But yeah, that was like, those were the hardest of times. Like everything I sort of had valued was just gone Yeah. in one sort of fell swoop because work has really been important to me and I wasn't able to yeah. go and do that. I didn't have a sort of relationship. I felt like it was back to being a child. I don't know if anyone else does this when you stay when with your parents. Yes. I just turn into like my worst <laughs> teenage self. And I could see that I was doing it. I'm yeah. like, you're being an absolute oh, shit. It's so weird, isn't it? Why are you doing it? Yeah. And yet there I was, I was finding eating really difficult. I had loads of stomach issues. So sometimes eating was painful. People kept commenting on the weight that I'd lost. I remember going into my local doctor surgery wearing like a tracksuit because obviously I couldn't like get anything else on my stepdad had pulled up my socks to almost my knees and I had like trainers on that he'd done up for me I had a black eye because my glasses had gone into my face in in the accident and obviously I was in a like a sling and I looked like the people who were queuing up for methadone (laughs) beside me and I was like hello I just you know that that person was physically unrecognizable to me and mentally and Mm. I was in constant pain with my arm 
my shoulder like it was I sort of just accepted that that pain I thought that was like normal because I'm like I've done so much physio this must be must be it and it was a year and a maybe two years later I discovered Pilates and that was the first time that I didn't have constant pain Ah. and there's still things I couldn't do but that felt like the right kind of exercise for me and a way of building strength and then it's only like coming here I think that was the first thing I said to you it's like if I could go back to my former self and say to her you're going to be lifting weights <laughs> like that just would I wouldn't have believed you in yeah. that moment in time I remember the exercise I had was trying to walk my hand up a wall and that was painful we would mark on the wall where I'd be able to like get my hand to because it was just so sore so the thought of now being able to lift any kind of weight is incredible Bonkers. to me yeah yeah it's a real, real pinch me moment. Well, and, well uh, just an incredible story, like to <laughs> sit across from somebody who's like literally lost everything. You've worked to do that, like that one step at a time that like yeah. to find the energy to go, oh, I'm just going to I think I have to do this. It's really hard when you're in it to see that you're doing that. Yeah. Like for, for me, the support that I got from friends and family was amazing I had one colleague who spoke fluent French and she would navigate the hospital phone system every day I mean sorry to Nat West because there was a lot of international calls made (laughs) there and they would phone me from like a meeting room just to kind of chat she helped me write like letters back to the nurses who had who had helped me my mum dropped everything for you know for me coming back my dad remember staying with him and I was like can you put my hair in a ponytail and he was like oh god (laughs) like just try to like do all that I stayed with my grandparents for a while. Like everyone was amazing. amazing. Yeah. Even when I was not able to function, they were in, like absolutely in- incredible. I could not have done it without them. When I moved back down to London, my mum came with me the whole way. And again, I just, I felt like, you know, a child doing yeah. that. But it was, it was incredible. Their strength gave me strength. Mm. But I, you know, I, I, I made a lot of mistakes along the way. I definitely did everything. You know, I got back to work really quickly and I shouldn't have. Right done that and so now I try and help talk to people who may be going through something similar and, and be like a take the, the time like, Is that what your breakfast club is or is that a different No I set up the breakfast club to try and help build relationships between all the women who worked in our departments I found that okay. people didn't really talk to each other so that was its initial thing and then I was like oh, I probably need to have some like themes so every month I set a different topic that we work on and explore together so things like how do you ask for a pay rise in a corporate environment that can be a really difficult conversation mm. to have but I've got a script I can help like people with that or public speaking very few people enjoy doing that but actually we can learn from the people who do and have conversations so it's all about sharing your experiences and helping lift each other up yeah and um yeah so I like things like that I think are really mm. important we have talked about how do you come back from something big so for me coming back from that accident it's probably not dissimilar for someone coming back from maternity leave where you have that uncertainty that someone's been filling your role. What mm. if they've been better at it than me? What if no one actually missed me? What if, what yeah. if, what if? And you sort of, you're in your head an awful lot. And so I think being able to step out and be like, okay, well, this is what I did. This is what worked. This is what didn't work. Learn from me much more in that mentoring space rather than coaching space. Yeah. But I think if, you know, if I'd had someone who could have said that to me, I would have found that really valuable. Yeah, it's amazing that, like, doing that. I'm going to ask you this question. You're going to be like, well, were you always confident as a kid? In different ways. Yeah, like in school, in an academic setting, there's definitely, like, I look back on my school reports and there's definitely, like, confidence yeah. there. 
Where and did then, that come from? I think my mum has got a lot of that. Mm. Um, my mum is four foot eleven and a half, <laughs> and she is like, but she's got presence and like I'm the only person in my like I'm from quite a big extended family I'm still the only person who's ever been to to uni so right. no one is is sort of academically minded but everyone's still like able to make their sort of presence felt and mum has always been like that so I, th- I think it's from from her but then there are certain settings where I am super unconfident so at work I really struggled at times with my confidence I got put on a course uh, which was aimed at sort of building Lots of things that women traditionally struggle with compared to men in the workplace. And so confidence is the first module. Yeah. And I had to fill out a form marking myself and they were they took me aside and they were like, we've never had anyone who scored this low on the confidence oh, wow. thing. So they paired me with someone who scored super high on the confidence stuff. But I think it's it just mm. depends on the on the setting. Yeah. And I've really tried hard to say yes to things that would really push me out of my comfort zone. So Farah Storr, who used to be the editor of Elle, she wrote a book called the discomfort zone Mm. and I like the idea that every time you do something that makes you uncomfortable that then becomes your new comfort zone yes so public speaking I used to worry that I was going to be like physically sick ahead of doing it I still get a bit of that feeling (laughs) but I now I've done a lot of hosting for now I have like their tv shows or conferences and things and every time I do it I'm a little less before I go into it like I, I feel a bit more confident a bit sort of surer about it so yeah, I do think um, I definitely like pushing myself. Uh, so my word of the year for this year is ambition. Aye. And that's a good one for me of like uh, trying to get the best for me. Yeah. It's not about being the best, but it's about pushing for like what's right for, for me and, and being ambitious in what I'm setting out to do for the mm. year. And so that's a good, when I'm thinking about saying yes to things like doing a podcast. <laughs> you I'm did, like, okay, thank this you. is a good thing to say yeah. yes to. Amazing. What were you nervous about doing this? What what was I just I just don't think it's particularly interesting <laughs> when oh. we talk about stuff like this and having like yeah, to me I I just don't know why anyone would want to hear me talk about well, it. Well, honestly your story is like it sends shivers down my spine. Oh and I think that like, you know, I know this year your word is ambition, but it just sounds like that's pretty much to come from where you've come from you know that going out and cycling to go horse riding it's not an accident is it that you're like getting out and getting like further away from the home and being more independent it's quite amazing isn't it yeah. and then for it all to kind of go for that to come back to being on a horse mm-hmm. and for like the horse to take it all you know the horse and the accident took it all away and then yeah it's just quite amazing and you kind of had to work your way back out of there again yeah so independence is always been really important to me and there's a, a exercise I do both like myself and with other people on like working out your values and actually that for me is something that I really value in all elements of my life so independence and autonomy over what I do financial independence being independent at work I don't work well with someone who's always questioning what I'm doing and I'm still very much like within my family a sort of provider as well and so yeah it felt for me like there was a while where I lost my identity yeah and so trying to find it again through lots of different ways has been really rewarding um I don't want to rest on my laurels so I definitely I'm feeling that like you know a couple of years away from being 40 what am I doing what's the next step for me it's amazing you got the like another half of your life to live yeah in London you have to be a confident push ahead Yes. Get in front of the cars. I actually did be cycling lessons when I moved to London. Yeah. The council does them for free. And I had, in Edinburgh, I would cycle 10 miles each way to work every day. Totally fine. Mm. And here they were like, oh, you need to adjust your road position. And I had to be much more aggressive. Yeah. So yeah, the, I basically cycle 
like no one has seen me and I'm about to die. Uh, <laughs> and uh, even then I've been Stress hit. Levels yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, yeah, it's... Have I, you been hit on the bike? Yeah, in a, in a cycle superhighway, I got someone oh, drove into the side of me in a white van and then was like, uh, your bike's very low. And I was like, my bike is an appropriate height for me. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, and I, and I had lights on and everything. It was just like, yeah, I knew it was happening. Have you ever had that where you know it's... Hold on, when was this in now your timeline? Has this happened? Oh, it happened like literally a month before the accident. Oh, okay. Right, it hasn't been since. No, I think that I think probably at that really. point I would be like, okay, bye. Yeah, <laughs> I give up. I just haven't cycled no. in the same way since then. There's not been that same opportunity, and that's okay. That's totally fine. My body is okay with that. Yeah. And so, come here. Tell me, um, do you have like any favourite things you do over in the gym? Um, over in the hub. I don't really call oh, it a gym. Hub. I'm trying to think of like. Do you like the heavy stuff? Well, yeah, but I'm. I think for me, I'm still quite early on in my technique. Yeah. Is a bit shit in some places so I really need to work on that so like I like I always who think told, who, I don't think it was any of the trainers that told you no shit. one said that no <laughs> but Anula's like go lower on your squats and okay so I know that I can do that because I feel like I've got a lot of thigh power from riding yeah. cycling like all that kind of stuff I'm like that should like come into play so I do love anything like that so I just we just did front squats for the mm-hmm. first time last week yeah and I really I enjoyed that. I like the heavy stuff. I like I like doing things with a barbell because it feels so different to yeah. anything I've ever done. And I, what I really like is that we've got a real spread of abilities in our yeah. class. So it, it's, there's nothing competitive about it at all. I just feel inspired by these other women and the amounts that they're lifting. So yeah, watching Chloe do a deadlift the other day, she did her like PB. She did 100, didn't she? Oh my God, it was incredible. I've I heard like, about this. I feel like I'd done 100. Um, oh, how lovely. Like, it's so nice. I, my one regret about all of this is I wish I'd taken better notes at the start of my sessions. I didn't realise why everyone was so fastidious about like taking pictures of what they'd lifted and things. Until mm. now, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't even know what I can lift on this. I've started being a lot better about that. Do you like, write them that. down or do you put them in your phone? Um, I've started putting them in my phone in an album yeah. so that I've got it to kind of flick back on. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, I love it all. Mm. There's not been anything that I've thought, oh, I absolutely hate. It's, it's so lovely, different. isn't it? That you can have a space like that when you've got somebody across the room from you who's like doing double, triple, whatever the weights. And, and yet it's a, just a complete celebration of yeah. that person and inspiring and none of it is, uh, yeah, it doesn't feel competitive, I suppose. It's no. It's no. like, this is where I'm at. This is really cool. That's where you're at. Oh my God, you're amazing. And just celebrate. And everyone's really good about when, when you are the new person in the class. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, like I've been doing it for ages and I'm not that like, I'm not lifting that much more than you. And like everyone is so supportive because I've jumped around. I've done lots of different class times. I feel like I've mm. met a really good spread of, of people there. Everyone has been amazing. And the coaches are so good. Like they believe in you. Yeah. They know what they think you're capable of and they're okay if sometimes your body isn't matching up to your mind or your mind's not matching up to what your body can can do yeah, like I never there doing yeah. the thing yeah yes. never thought I'd be able to do like Anula had me in her first session we were, I think we were like pull-ups <laughs> and I was like is she insane she thinks that we can do that but she's got a way of making it accessible yeah. for you and it was just that must have nice been amazing feeling. for you to be yes. like there's my body down there these are my arms and this is what I I'm doing I felt a bit emotional doing it I bet you did like, and that, but no one else knows in my class that I've been through anything like that so yeah. I don't, I don't, no one knows why that would be such a big yeah. moment for me but yeah it's, uh, it's the thing I came and told people about that I'd like done yeah when it's just like your body weight your yeah. strength 
doing that. And you're just it, hanging there. Not for very Maybe. long. <laughs> hanging there being like, oh, when is it done? But yeah, it's incredible. That was an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Debbie. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're amazing. Mm. You are. You know you are. <laughs> <laughs> Reclaiming Yourself, the podcast. Brought to you with PhotologyHub.com. If you enjoyed the conversations, please use your podcast app to follow or subscribe for free.